0: Welcome to Talkin SEC. Writer, photographer, and producer Philip Jordan discusses the latest news and breaks down the biggest games with the best analyst around. Now from Southeast Alabama, a state that knows its sports. Here is Philip Jordan.
1: Welcome everybody to Talking SEC. This is the early week recap edition of the show. I am your host, Philip Jordan, from Last Word on College Football and i six point nine The Legend in Dothan, Alabama, where I'm the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Wolves Football. It was an interesting week in week six in the SEC. A lot of blowouts, but that does not mean there's not a lot to talk about. Speaking of which, the game of the week, going in thought it was anyways, Auburn defeated LSU forty eight to eleven. On today's show I'll be joined by Brandon Eiserman. He writes about LSU Tigers over at LSU Wire and he has a podcast called the LSU Breakdown Podcast. So Brandon's gonna come on and he is gonna lay it all out there. He has some very opinionated thoughts on LSU Tigers and I just opened the floor up for Brandon. We came into this because I was on his podcast last week to preview this matchup. So I asked him on here because I figured either way, LSU or Auburn wins, that was going to be a close game. But obviously it was not. Uh, We'll get into that as well. My quick thoughts in just a few moments when we jump into weekend. Observations. But before we jump into the show and start really talking about all that happened in the SEC over the weekend, I will let you guys know you can find me in the podcast. You can find me on social media at PJordanSCC. You can find the show on Twitter at talking SEC Pod. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And you retweeting it and sharing really helps out. Since the show has come back, starting last week, getting the word out, the Talking SEC has returned. And, of course, you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. Now, let's jump into weekend observations. It's time for weekend observations. All right, we're just going to go in the order that the games were played on Saturday. Number five, Georgia defeated Kentucky 14 to three. Look, this was sleepy town on this game. This was a boring football game. I felt like I had hopped into DeLorean, went back in time for 20, 30 years, maybe even further with this game. Neither offense really could do anything, especially through the air. I mean, Georgia pretty much said, hey, we're not throwing the ball here. 43 running plays in the game. They only passed the ball 14 times. Stetson Bennett threw two interceptions in this game. Second game in a row, he had a ball tipped at line of scrimmage and was intercepted. While that is a great play by the defense, that is also something that Stetson Bennett needs to work on. And it's kind of interesting with his struggles the last six quarters. I wouldn't say he struggled in the first half against Alabama. But the second half of that one and then the four quarters Against Kentucky. I wonder, JT Daniels, why hasn't he seen the field? And on the Kentucky side of things, look, the offense, it just has issues right now passing the ball. This team has a great offensive line. Three headed monster running back. Terry Wilson was hurt in this game. Joey Gatewood got his first start. Really felt like they handcuffed him and the offense. Kentucky is going to have to figure some stuff out throwing the ball if they are going to improve their record on the season. And if Georgia plays the way, they played here, they're not beating Florida, and they definitely aren't going to beat Alabama in a rematch in the SEC Championship game. Mentioned it in the open, Auburn wins 48-11 over LSU. LSU actually came into this game as a three-point favorite. Auburn got the good Bo Knicks, 18 for 24, 300 yards, three touchdowns, and he even ran for 81 yards and one touchdown. In my opinion, this offense works better when they do ask Bo to run the ball more. I know there's that worry of injury. But I think at times you just got to put that in the back of your mind and just go with it and run him with the read option. He plays really well. The Auburn defense done something they really hadn't done all year, and that was get a pass rush. They had four sacks on the game and five quarterback hurries. On the LSU side of things, the defense continues to struggle with Bo Pellini. I wonder if he makes it through the season before they decide to just go a different direction and don't even wait to after the season to let him go. And offensively, look, there's no quarterback controversy in LSU now, if there even was one. Miles Brennan has to be your quarterback. He's your best opportunity to win in these big games. T.J. Finley just was not ready for the moment. Once the two turnovers happened, the interception and the fumble, it obviously rattled him, and he just was not the same player. But give Auburn credit, they did a really good job keeping all the receivers in front of them and limiting the LSU running game. Really was huge in this game to make LSU one-dimensional Auburn seems to have some momentum going to their bye week. LSU's going their bye week as well, and they've got a lot of questions to answer. I'm going to call this one what it is. Ole Miss was in a get-right game against Vanderbilt, winning 54-21. Mike Corral was 31-34, for six touchdowns in the game, tied a school record, which he tied with Eli Manning. Ole Miss offense has been good most of the year. They get a win here. They're 2-4. and four. So like I said, it's a good get-right game for them to push forward for the rest of the season. For Vanderbilt, this just looks like it's going to be the deal every single week, them getting blown out. They do play Mississippi State this upcoming week, so maybe that's an opportunity for them to be in a close game, maybe score some points. But it's just been a bad, bad year for the Commodores. Speaking of Mississippi State, they lost again. Alabama shuts them out 41-0. to Since Mississippi State upset LSU in the opener 44-34, to Mississippi State has only scored 30 points. I fell into the trap. I thought Mississippi State was going to take the SEC by fire this season. Obviously, it's not. Just drop eight in coverage. You can slow down their offense. Their offense has not been good at all since that game it's going to take Mike Leach a little bit longer to get his players in there and to really run his offense but I do believe the Mike Leach offense can work in the SEC with what Alabama what's much to be said here they did what they're supposed to do they dominated this game Devontae Smith had a big game Matt Jones looked good Alabama is just showing there's a big difference between them and the rest of the conference Honestly, Florida, Georgia, whoever comes out of the East, I don't think they're going to give Alabama much of a fight. Alabama does not get challenged until the college football playoff. A game I was really looking forward to was Texas A&M and Arkansas. I had a feeling this game could be a sneaky close game. Early on, I thought it would be, but Texas a and offense was humming in this game. At one point, they scored on four straight possessions. Kellen Mond looked really good here. They looked at peak A&M, and I'm going to tell you what about Texas A&M. When you look at their schedule – Rest of the way, at South Carolina, at Tennessee, they have Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn. I see this team as one that could run the table and have only one loss to loss to Alabama. If they do that, who knows, maybe they could get in the college football playoff as a second SEC team. Arkansas played well at times on offense. They just could not stop A&M, which is actually kind of surprising how good this Arkansas defense had been playing under first-year defense coordinator Barry Odom, Felipe Frank showed some good things. Arkansas does drop to two and three, but they showed a lot of fight at the end of this game. They're actually down forty-two to seventeen. They lose forty-two to thirty-one. I don't think Arkansas should keep their head down on this one, and they have Tennessee this upcoming week, which potentially is a win for them, where they can get to three and three. Finally, number ten, Florida defeated Missouri, forty-one to seventeen. Look, most of the stuff you're gonna hear about this game is about Dan Mullen, about the brawl toward halftime. Look, and there's a lot of things here. Just is not a good look on Dan Mullen the way he acted going into the locker room, going in, hyping up the crowd, coming back out, doing it again. Then the Darth Vader thing in the press conference. You know, those are bad looks, especially with what happened there toward the end of the half. Look, was it a dirty hit on Trask. I think it was a big hit, but not a dirty hit, and I just don't think it should have escalated to things the way it did, but I will say this about on the field. Speaking of Trask, another fantastic performance by him. 21 for 36, 345, four touchdowns, one interception. The Florida defense played really well in this game, holding Missouri to 248 yards and 40 yards on the ground. Missouri actually had a 7-6 lead. It felt like a big chunk of the first half, but Florida was up 20-7 20-7 to seven going into halftime. Like, again, good defensive effort by the Gators. For Missouri, it's still, you know, this is a young team trying to figure things out. I do think Eli Drakequence is doing a good job of this team, but a really good confidence boost, I think, for the defense heading into the Georgia matchup. All right, now that's going to do it for weekend observations. Going to take a quick break. When we return, I'll be joined by Brendan Eiserman from LSU Wire and LSU Breakdown Podcast. Everybody joining me today on Talking SEC is Brandon Outersman. You can check out his work over at the LSU Wire, and you can listen to him on the LSU Breakdown podcast, which I was on the podcast last week previewing the Auburn-LSU game. And uh, Brandon, I, I I tread carefully with this question, but how's it going, man?
0: Hello, uh, so, do uh, It's going good. It's, it's been a pretty good Monday. I tried to put Saturday in the, in the review mirror after that game, but – Overall, the week's been off to a
1: good start, man. Yeah, I guess it may be in a good way that uh, we pushed this off. We originally were going to do this conversation on Sunday night, but we're doing this on a Monday evening. So maybe a little uh, extra distance was a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: You know, usually, uh, Brandon, when I have somebody on the show, and you know this, you've been on here several times. I just have a layout of the questions, the topics I'm going to hit uh, through the interview or the conversation. But something I want to do here with you, and I told you this off air that I was going to do this. Uh, just for you. Just you covered this team LSU. You have the podcast where we talk about them. You follow this team. You you know you really uh, keep an eye on what's going on with this program. Just when you see they lose to Auburn forty eight to eleven, we both picked Auburn on your podcast last week, but obviously not that score. Just you hear that score, you see the game. What were your takeaways from Saturday?
0: Yeah, Philip. You know the first takeaway is that. LSU still can't stop the run on defense. Um, I don't have the stats right here in front of me, but I know that Auburn games LSU whatever they had, and LSU offensively only had 32 rushing yards total. And I'll get the offense here in a little bit, but defensively, man, LSU just has so many issues, and they just kind of came back uh, this past weekend against Auburn. Well, the weekend before against we South Carolina, the defense looked a lot better. They only gave up 24 total points. And the first three weeks, I figured LSU's defense was broken. It was battered because they were they to a 4-3 with new defensive coordinator, Pocolini, and they never could really get it together. They busted so many coverages against Mississippi State, against Missouri. They looked pretty good against Vanderbilt, but those two games, specifically uh, State and Missouri, was were really, really bad for the defense. And Ed Ogeron had already said that they were going to make some personnel changes, make some adjustments. Uh, well, against Auburn, it didn't really look like they did that. They were still missing assignments. They were still busting coverages. They let Bo Nix throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Um So just overall defensively for LSU, they still have issues. Sure, they have the bye week coming up this week. But then you host Alabama, who's probably going to throw for at least 350, 400 yards from Mac Jones on this LSU defense if they don't pull it together. Um Man, overall, for for this LSU defense, this definitely isn't last year's defense. Sure, even that defense had their issues. I criticized them many times last year, but they, they pulled it together late in the season. Um, but from this point here, man, I really don't see LSU's defense getting any better. And sure, they've got guys that are talented enough to make stops, to not bust coverages, to not miss assignments, but they're just not doing what they need to be able to do. And also, they just had one of their nose tackles, Fiaki uh, Aya, transfer because he wasn't getting the playing time that he thought he was going to get under 20. So just uh, from transfers to just all of the missed assignments, it it was a really, really bad day for that LSU defense. And then my second takeaway is that T.J. Finley probably should not have started against Palmer. Uh Look, he got his first – uh, career star against South Carolina played really, really really well I think he went like 17 of 21 for 262 yards and two touchdowns or something like that but you throw him in there in a second career game in a hostile environment at Auburn where it was loud even though there was a limited capacity and Auburn plays better at home statistically and man that Auburn defense really came to play um, look LSU had two turnovers and were all the way down 14 nothing. they were still in that game Finley had two interceptions. They had a lost fumble. Um, He was eventually pulled in the third quarter, and it just wasn't his day. Max Johnson, I thought, played a little bit better, even though they both attempted 24 passes apiece. Um, I just didn't feel that starting Finley was the right move, even though Johnson probably wouldn't have had as good as he did had he started. I think Johnson would have played a little bit better uh, to start out with. And then, third is that offensively LSU just couldn't find a rhythm at all 32 total rushing yards John Emery led the team with 21 of those yards on nine carries um I mean it was overall just a really bad day for LSU as an entire team Auburn was really really good Albert wanted that win really bad they wanted it a lot more than LSU did and there's got to be some changes on both sides of the ball. um and just moving forward, Philip, with Miles Brant still out, and we don't even know his status through the Alabama game because they're on a bye week this upcoming week. Uh, but from what I'm hearing, he may not play in that game against Alabama, so that could be another disaster down the road in two weeks. Um, but man, dude, those are just really my two takeaways: is that LSU's defense just gave up too many yards, way too many points, and then the offense just couldn't—they never tied for them to be able to score at all.
1: Yeah, okay, so oh, I'm going to jump off some stuff that, that you said there. Well, let's, let's stick to defense. That was your first takeaway there. And, you know, coming into the season, I me and you talked in all you look at Bo Pelini, what he had done in the past at LSU and, and other stops. And, look, and everybody was getting him about Nebraska. Look, Nebraska's never going to be what they used to be in the 90s. The fact is he was winning nine games a year at Nebraska, so he actually was not doing a bad job. Nebraska is just – their fan base is just, you know, in denial of who they are now. So I'll just say that out out there put that out there right now so you thought coming in okay pelini is going to be good because there's still talent on this team lsu's roster is littered with guys me and you both know are going to be playing in the national football league one thing for me this year watching lsu that's really puzzled me is the breakdowns in the secondary like the their guys are just running free, wide open. And I'll say this. it is talented as he is, and he is one of the best corners in the uh, college football, there's times, man, you see Derek Stingley messing up in the secondary. And that's a guy you should be able to rely on. I mean, Seth Williams had 71 yards on him. Because I came into the game thinking on the Auburn side of things, they were going to have to throw it to somebody else other than Seth Williams. And they did. Schwartz had over 100 yards in the game. But still, for Seth to get 71 catches, it just felt like – It feels like sometimes Derek Stingley is kind of falling into the traps also that the rest of the defense is falling into as well.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it is. And you wouldn't think that he would be playing that, I I don't want to say that bad, but really that bad. Um, Because, look, sure, the other guys aren't as the leaders Derek Stingley and he's in his own class, you know, majority of the season. But for him to give up, you know, seventy-one yards to over top receiver—that's unlike going to do. Usually, he's pressing it wide. He is running stride for stride with whoever he's covering, and if the ball thrown his way, it's either a uh, catch or he's you know batting it down or picking it off. And against over, we really didn't see that. So to have your best defensive player on your team, you know, give up those yards, you know, miss assignments, things like that—it that, that's unheard of. And I think what is going to happen is that if this continues, man, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. This could be the only point you always see as the defense coordinator. I was say that because I think that eventually, because, you yeah, know, you've passed them on two weeks, you still have to play Arkansas, are going to play Ole Miss, and then you travel to games and take on Florida as the final game of the year. And if LSU's defense doesn't step up soon and – they continue to go up the yards and the points. Orgeron and the administration down in Baton Rouge, they're going to get tired of it eventually if they're not already. And they're going to can him and let him go after the season. I know that's not their intention. That's not why they hired him. But if they don't get it together, man, it's going to end badly. for so- Honestly,
1: I kind of feel like wouldn't this been the perfect time to kind of go ahead and you know, wash your hands clean of Bo you You're on the bye week unless you don't have anybody on the staff that you think could step in and be your defensive coordinator for the rest of the year because we've seen teams get rid of a defensive coordinator that's done work, uh, hasn't done this bad. I mean, they've given up 40 points, and all all three of the losses they've given up over, four, over 40 points, and you're talking about with Mississippi State, the Missouri game, and now Auburn. So I'm kind of wondering – i'm kind of in the mindset because you mentioned lsu schedule i mean let's just call it what it is alabama good offense arkansas look felipe franks isn't playing horrible this year i mean so who knows with that a&m they're, they're running the offense good you know what old miss is doing offense with Lane kiffin but i mean also in that game it's going to be an opportunity for lsu to put up some points too as well because old miss is they are the worst defense in the conference uh, overall and then you also got of course the 40 game so it's They've got good offenses coming up, so I'm kind of wondering myself, looking at this, does Bo Pelini even finish the season out as the defensive coordinator?
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking earlier today, man. Is you know whether he finishes the season or not at this point because their defense is playing bad. You've got all these great offensive teams to finish out the season. Now, Arkansas, yeah, that, that's that's a give or take, but. Philip, uh, so real quick, I know this is kind of going way off. I, I want to throw this out there real quick. This, this has been on my mind since Auburn, Jerry Manol, was on Saturday. From this point on, the only game I see OSU winning is the Arkansas game. They're going to get smoked by Alabama. Oh Miss, that could be a fifty-fifty 50 game. Uh, Texas a and going to throttle them, probably. And then Florida, offensively, so Florida's going to throttle by at least 17. So, right now, from this point on, man, I know it sounds bad, Hand the person that covers his team. I see them going three and seven. I just don't have faith in the defense to get the job done when the offense is, you know, because if Brandon doesn't come back to the Arkansas with the old which hopefully you before then, man, it's just going to keep trending downhill for both sides of the ball for this team. And they're not going to be able to do anything offensively. And the defense is not stop anybody. So I
1: right now I always see them winning one more game from here on out, man. Yeah, and let's flip over offense. And Miles Brandon won. when he's healthy, he he is the quarterback. You know they had that. There was people trying to push a quarterback controversy between him and TJ Finley. I think after Saturday, that's kind of that's kind of gone. And just for me, of course, like everybody y'all know, I I do write about Auburn for Last Word on College Football. But when I watch the game, what do you look at it? I honestly think up until the interception when he got intercepted by Nehemiah Pritchett. I think he was actually kind of getting his feet wet a little bit. He made some good throws. The offense was moving it in a way. Look, LSU had bad field position for most of the first half. So he had moments where he at least was moving the ball to the 50 to kind of get them out of those bad situations with field position. But it felt like the interception, which that set up the first touchdown for Auburn. Then the fumble with Christian Tut. And if you look at the fumble, that's a play where – you, he's a freshman quarterback you're trying to do too much you should have just took the sack but he was fighting he was still trying to throw the ball that's why he fumbled the ball it wasn't necessarily Auburn knocked it out it was a combination of that and him trying to just do too much which you know freshmen do it all the time and who am I talking I, I cover a team that Auburn that has a quarterback as a sophomore still does that but at that point after the second turnover to me it kind of felt like the moment got too big for T.J. Finley and I think that's kind of when it unraveled for him there with the two mistakes. It was just kind of a snowball effect uh, from what I saw.
0: Yeah, yeah, it certainly was. not look, I, I just want to say too, Philip, the future is bright for Finley. Like, it's really, really bright if he can just, you know, calm his nerves, make the right decisions when he has to. And I, I want to throw two things out there that kind of stand out about not only this game, but Finley starting in Auburn. So in 2014, LSU freshman quarterback Brandon Harris earned his first road start at Auburn, and Auburn won that game 41-70. to 70. You fast forward six years, Finally, gets to start, Auburn dismantles LSU 48-11. to 11. And then, LSU is now 2-3. They are the first defending national champion since 1991 to be under 500 through that game. Um, if that doesn't tell you something, then I don't know what does, but it's looking good.
1: And LSU right now. Yeah, and you kind of look back at the season, you're kind of thinking now, okay, if you said we were going to lose to Auburn in the first five, you figure it would be a close game like we thought it was going to be when we talked on your podcast last week. But now you look at where Mississippi State's at. Look, what is everybody else doing that LSU did doing do in that game? They're, they're just dropping eight men in coverage and. And the Mississippi State team just can't get, get figured out. And Missouri, look, Missouri has played okay under Drinkwitz. I actually think Drinkwitz is doing a good job there. But uh, it's 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 just crazy. And look, they need to get Miles Brennan back because the first four games, look, the offense was not the problem. It the defense has been the issue for LSU. And Miles Brennan is the only puncher sh- shot of a chance I think they've got against Alabama if they can get their offense going how it was the first four games. Uh, where they moved the ball up and down the field because Alabama's defense—I mean, they have shown some signs of weakness. I mean, but you're going to have to match them score for score, which is, which is pretty hard. But I also look at this game too, as Auburn's really good at home. Now, like I said, I had them winning 35-31. The Auburn defense surprised me with the pressure they were able to get on the quarterback. So that kind of surprised me. And we got you got good bow. Any opponent going against Auburn is which bow next? You gonna get good or bad bow? But it's going to be interesting with this team, and I guess for you, moving past the Auburn game, you look at Alabama, and you said you think you know they're going to get smoked by Alabama. What scenario do you think is out there for LSU to potentially keep that game close when they do play Alabama?
0: Oh, there's only one scenario that I can think of right now that that would put LSU in a relatively close score for that game, Philip. And if it Miles Brandon it has to play. Uh, now, I'm not going to say that T.J. Fingale or Max Johnson, not at all. But if you go through the first three or four games when Brandon did play, LSU's offense was good, man. Even against Mississippi State, they just gave up too many yards defensively to get them back in that game. And then against Missouri, they had four chances at the end of the game at the goal line to win. Um, but statistically, LSU plays better when – and so I think when – if Brennan does play against a stingy Alabama defense, it's been really, really good. Look what they did to Georgia a couple weeks ago. They just shut out Mississippi State. who Yeah, beat LSU back in, But that game kind of looks like a fluke now because Mississippi State's what, 1-4, 1-5, 2-4 maybe? Um, I mean, look, Alabama's going to come in there into Baton Rouge. They're going to be ready. LSU will be our hand. We're kind of in a waiting game to see how she's going to prepare it out. They do get the bye week, and then a couple of weeks ago when the four game was postponed in December, they had a bye week, and then they beat South Carolina. I'm not saying they're going to come in off the bye week this week and go beat Alabama next week in Baton Rouge. But I think for LSU to have a chance, Brennan's going to have to be fully healthy. He's going to have to play in that game. I mean, I would just Finley maybe a little bit through probably the first quarter, but once Alabama starts getting pressure on him, he throws a couple interceptions, maybe a fumble, or something kind of like what he did against Auburn. Um, yeah, that's when all, all hope is lost there, because if Alabama jumps out from an early lead, even with Brennan in there, he can get him back into it, because he knows the offense in and out better than Emily or Johnson do. But, man, right now, I think that Brennan is their only hope to stay within, say, 10 points of Alabama. In a
1: couple weeks, that's going to be interesting. And I mean, you always look forward to that game because it's a rivalry game, and uh, you know you got to see what happens with Brennan. I think that's that's really the, the key factor here—the uh, health of Miles Brennan. And uh, I know some you would say, okay, well, Auburn would have got pressure on Brennan, anyways. I don't think Brennan would have fell apart like Finley did. I think that's maybe because you know, even though Brennan is not extremely experienced. I mean, this is his first year as the full-time starter, but he has already went through the Mississippi State game, Vandy, Missouri. You know, he's kind of been through some SEC games already, so he would be a little bit more prepared. And, look, even though it's a limited crowd, that was still a tough environment to go into going into Jordan-Hare, and you're right, uh, Finley has a bright future. I think Max Johnston has a future. I guess the the bad thing for LSU, you know at some point one of those two is going to transfer. I guess that's the the really bad thing about having two guys that talented as freshmen on your roster.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly, and you know the thing is, like, and I'll go break to Brennan really, really quick, is that even against Mississippi State when he started off really slow to start that game, man, he came back and you know Devin his wanted to try to lead into that win, but it was already too late. And then against Missouri, like I said, they had four, you know, four straight tries to try to win. Now Missouri's defense stepped up, but I think I think that was just bad play calling on the Chiefs' part offensively. But Brennan, even if he's getting pressured, you know, 50% of the game, he's not going to back down or you know lose control of the ball like Finley did. And that's not a knock on TJ Finley. That's just freshman. Um, because you we know, see this in college football all the time when freshmen get thrown in, you know, on the road in a hostile environment so for anybody to be whoever, and they have a good game the week before, then when they get on the road, they don't have a good game at all. If Finley's going to learn from that, he's going to get better from it. But I just think that Alabama will get to Finley very, very early if he does have to start that game. Even though it's at home, it's a night game, sure. But, man, I don't know. I just don't really have faith in Finley to lead LSU to stay within 10, 14, 17 points to Alabama I just don't.
1: Yeah, we'll have to wait. And like I said, both of these teams are – are off this week, so we'll see a couple of things are off. Auburn's off as well. We have Kentucky off, Missouri off. I'm just looking through. the Miss is off, so we we only have four games in the SEC, and that's kind of where I was going with next, Brandon. Because I think so. I want to start doing, and uh, this is the first time I'm going to do this rapid fire picks with my guests uh, get their thoughts on some upcoming games this weekend. Of course, y'all won't get my picks until Thursday uh, in the open of that podcast. But uh, are you are you cool with some rapid fire picks, real quick?
0: Yeah, man, let's go.
1: All right, obviously the game of the week in the SEC is going to be number eight, Florida, at number five, Georgia. This is probably the de facto SEC East Championship. Georgia, right now, sitting here recording this on a Monday. They are a three-and-a-half point favorite here. Who you like?
0: Oh, man, I'm taking Florida. Uh, before the season, I picked Florida to the East. I'm still on that. Correct? I'm taking the game to
1: All right, Uh, now to determine who is the worst team in the SEC, because I do not think that is your LSU Tigers. It's one of these two teams. Vanderbilt at 0-4 at Mississippi State, 1-4 on the year. Mississippi State is an 18.5-point favorite. Vanderbilt games have not been close at all, and now you kind of hope maybe this is a game Mississippi State can maybe find some offense. But uh, who are you taking here?
0: Yeah, I'm taking speed. I just don't have any faith in Vanderbilt to win a single game this year at all.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I guess I'm kind of tipping my hat for Thursday. Just gotta feel bad for the Vanderbilt kids. They're just—it doesn't feel like Vanderbilt just is not in a position to win any of these games this year. It's—it's it's kind of where they're at. I mean, they're getting blown out every single week.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not
1: looking good for them. All right. Now, next up, uh, number seven Texas A&M at four and one at South Carolina two and three. South Carolina coming off a bye week. A&M was looked at as a nine and a half point favorite here.
0: Oh man, you know what? I'm gonna go out on a whim here. I'm gonna take Carolina at home. Uh, look, the reason being, I know they lost to LSU a couple weeks ago, but they did upset Auburn at home a couple of weeks ago. So I'm taking Carolina to pull this thing off.
1: David Knight, if you're listening to this, you are very happy with what Brandon just said. I'm just gonna say <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, the last SEC game of the weekend is Tennessee at two and three. They've lost three games in a row. They've been badly outscored in the last ten quarters. Uh, in their football games. The second half against Georgia, then, of course, against Kentucky and against Alabama. They play at Arkansas. They're 2-3 as well. They're coming off a loss uh, against Texas A&M this past week. But Tennessee, I'm kind of surprised with this one. Tennessee is a one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh,
0: give me give me the hogs, man. I, I think Arkansas is going to take that win. I just, look, with Tennessee, you know, they have the lead, and then
1: the second half they just blow it. That's kind of like the Atlanta Falcons, man. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna take Arkansas in the game. Yeah, Tennessee. Look, I I said it, and I you know probably got some people that unsubscribe to subscribe to that are Tennessee followers, but you you know all off season I, I was not buying a Tennessee hype. I, which I also had Kentucky finishing third in the in the East. I mean, who is the third? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ask you this, man, and I'll throw this out as a Twitter poll question. Who do you think is the third-best team in the SEC East right now?
0: Oh, isn't there a three-way tie between Kentucky, Tennessee, and South Carolina?
1: Probably. Yeah, that and then I – think, I think so. And Missouri? Missouri is a two and three.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's Missouri, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Um, man, I'm going to say Missouri. Um, I, I think they're a little bit better. that surprised me a couple weeks ago when they beat LSU. Definitely wasn't expecting that. I think Missouri Zoom is doing the stretch here in November. I think they can surprise a lot of people. And they that's why they're not gonna win the East. That's not in question for them. But I think they can finish there, man. I think they
1: can pull out. Yeah, that was the storyline. I know I think nobody would have put South Carolina, Missouri in that conversation. Okay. Now these are two games that are non SEC games. First we're gonna to go to where you're at right now, just down the road really from me. Troy at four and two, at Georgia Southern at four and two, Troy is a three point favorite.
0: Oh, man, you know i got to pick my school. Go uh, no to man. Uh, wait, Georgia Southern is a really, really hard team to compete with because they run the option. They're quarterback shy words, man. I've watched that guy when Troy plays them. He's such a dynamic runner with the option, and he can throw, too. Um, but Troy looked really good against Arkansas State last week, and um I don't really know if, if – I think Gunnar wants to start quarterback. I think he's out again this week. But Jacob Free played really, really well in his absence last week, and man, I got to take the trainers to get to five and two. Look, we got a big game with Coastal Carolina coming up on the fourteen. The number fifteen in the country in they're undefeated. So give me Troy to get to five and two.
1: Watch out for Coastal Carolina. That might be your number four seed in the College Football Playoff when we get down to the end of the year. Uh Hey, then we're Cincinnati, or I, okay. This is off. This is off tangent a little bit, and I know this is talking SEC, so we're kind of jumping out of SEC here for a second. But I will say this: I honestly believe there's a good shot we could have a non-power uh, five team get into the playoff this year. But also, my throw my only argument out: I think if Texas A and M runs the table and the Pac-12 can't get their act together, and there's no group of five-team undefeated, too, I think you could have a valid argument for A&M. So I think the number four spot at the end of the year for the playoff is going to be inc- incredibly interesting and crazy on who gets in.
0: Yeah, yeah, surely. And I'll say this really quick, too, since you mentioned A&M. If they run the table, I think they really do have a legitimate shot. But there's a team out there that's independent, that's BYU, who – inevitably truly lost to back in September or October, that if they were on the table, and they've got a big game at Boise State, but if they're on the table, I don't really know that you can deny them a spot. I mean, I guess given their schedule you make, if Cincinnati or, you know, a group of five or whoever has a better restricted of schedule, but, man, BYU just plays really good football. If it comes down to A&M and BYU, though, I have to take A&M, but I really like BYU this year. Watch out for them.
1: Yeah, there you go. They got one of the better quarterbacks out there. If you haven't checked BYU out, I do believe they will be on ESPN or ESPN2 like at an 8.30 game this Friday. So everybody go check them out as well. And uh, finally, this is the game of the week in college football overall. This is where game day is going to be at. Number one, Clemson at 7-0. Of course, they will be without Trevor Lawrence. Uh, They will be at number four, Notre Dame, who is 6-0. But with even though. Trevor Lawrence is not going to be playing this game. Clemson is a five-and-a-half-point favorite going on the road.
0: Man, this is tough, too, because I really want to play this year. But, uh, look, I'm going to try to pronounce this guy's name right if I get it wrong. I'm so sorry. DJ Ula from Clemson surprised me last week. Look, I cut the Boston College Clemson game on. I think it was 28-13. I think it was a halftime. And uh, BC is going to do something. They're going to pull this off. And then Clemson comes back and wins. Um, man, give me Notre Dame at home. I, I just think Notre Dame has the edge because, number one, they're at home. And number two, we've never seen Clemson's freshman quarterback play on the road. So, even though Dabo is a coach, Clemson's the best team in the country right now. I like Notre Dame to pull this off. And we can see a rematch between these two teams in the ACC championship game and
1: It's going to be interesting. It should be a fun week of college football. And, uh, Brandon, I do appreciate uh, you coming on the show today on the recap uh, edition early in the week. But also, if uh, listeners want to follow you online, where can I find you, your work for LSU Wire and the podcast, the LSU Breakdown?
0: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, what's my name? I just changed it. I think it's at, at underscore sports. Um You can find me over at LSU Tigers Wire. It's up under ULCDA. They're Wire our section I uh, cover LSU over there. And in the LSU Breakdown Podcast, you can find her on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, and Anchor. And I'll pro- probably release a new episode next week. i was actually going to release one this past Sunday, but I had a couple things come up, so we'll probably get back to it next week after the bye week.
1: All right, sounds good. Everybody go subscribe to the podcast. Check out Brandon's work at LSU Wire. And uh, Brandon, once again, appreciate you coming on the show, and I look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. look forward to doing it again.
1: Right, once again, thanks to Brandon Eisman for uh, being on today's episode of Talking SEC. And Brandon was a regular last year. Pretty much every Sunday we did a recap episode, do something different this year, but always appreciate Brandon coming on the podcast and he has some pretty honest takes there about the LSU Tigers and we'll see what they do going forward. In an off week then they have Alabama. You wouldn't expect them to win that game, but let's just see how the rest of LSU season does, you know, come together and all that stuff as we close out the 2020 season i do want to appreciate you guys for checking out the show on thursday i'm scheduled to be joined by david waters the host of the gators breakdown podcast to preview the florida georgia matchup and get his thoughts on the whole stuff with dan mullen and we'll just look back at the game they had with missouri as well and i'll see if david be up for some rapid picks like brandon did there here on the show i also want to tell you guys something too I hope you love this podcast. When talking us the same glass back, please share it out and kind of spread the word that this podcast is back, uh, getting the numbers back up to where they were uh, previously before we could, took on the minor hiatus for a few weeks here on the podcast. But I'll tell you about something else. I have passions in other sports as well. I do a lot of pro football, like lot of college football as a whole, basketball, all that stuff. So starting this week, which will be Wednesday, I will release the first episode of the Philip Jordan podcast on a separate feed. It will not invade this feed like I've done in the past. Go on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's all on your favorite podcast platforms. Anchor as well. Check out the Philip Jordan podcast. I'll be flying solo on the first one, but next week I'll plan to have some guests. I'm calling it my national show, I guess you will say, but you're getting two of these talking SECs a week, too. So nothing's going to change on that. So do appreciate you checking out this show i was gonna say just let's be good to each other this week i say this on pretty much every podcast as a closeout for people to be good to each other look we know what this week is i'm not gonna get into it because i do not talk politics on any of my podcasts i don't talk politics period not on facebook not rarely two people do i actually talk politics i just think it brings upon negativity hatred and argument it's just this is not a healthy conversation to be had but please whatever happens this week let's all be Good to each other. Who cares what side you're on? We're all human beings and uh, we all should treat each other with love and respect. So let's try to do that this week and uh, moving forward. Uh, If we can, because it's going to be a a challenging week, I think, uh, for a lot of people that are on different sides of things, obviously. But uh, that's as close as you're going to get me to talk politics. But my main point is just let's love each other and respect each other this weekend, every week and every day, every minute of our day. It's very important. I think we do that and uh, push some positivity out there in the world. Uh, You can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Talking SEC Pod. Of course, the podcast is on Apple Podcasts. Spotify all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe rate and review. It means so much. When you do that and if you want to contact me, you can get at me at talk Phil jordan at gmail.com. All right guys, have a good early part of the week please check out the Phil jordan podcast on wednesday uh, check out if you're in the southeast alabama area check out my other podcast to do for high school football there the wiregrass high school football report hey and check out thursday's episode a talking sec we'll be previewing the florida georgia matchup with david waters from the gators breakdown podcast anyways guys i hope you have a good good day until then bye bye Thank you for listening to Talkin' SEC.
0: Follow Philip on social media at P. Jordan SEC and the show at Talkin' SEC Pod. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time when we're Talkin' SEC.